Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturay, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and skincare, which is finally fucking out. Hallelujah. I can I've been saying that for, for the last three years, so you can go to our website. I'm actually, now wearing it as we speak. Yeah, and purchase our skincare. It's so exciting. Delta, yeah. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also joined by my co-founder of New Strength, uh, Craig McDonald. Welcome back, Craig. Yes. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. We're just admiring his uh, light in the background. He's got him, he follows all these random people on Instagram about like about the optimal optimal office setup, and he's just all this <laughs> shit for his office. I have to take a photo and show people. It's actually quite cool. And he's always asking. We spend so much hours, so many days a week here. You know, it's just like I think it's important to make your working space uh, nice and more optimal. Feel like and you want to walk just in there little, and go, the "Oh my god, this is really the cool. little nook in the side of the bloody house." Is what I get. <laughs> well, I mean, you you don't appreciate any of that stuff, so you're happy to just you know sit on sit some in the nook, shit <laughs> fucking chair, and just like. Like, look at your laptop on this funny angle. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, today's podcast is about, um, just trying to think about how to articulate this, but nutrition cycles or phases or, but how, why, why we want to talk about this is because on a round table, we had a few clients just in our app, Craig's built this custom coaching app and um, there's like it, it says at the top, like phase, what phase am I in? And, um, you know, it could be muscle building, it could be fat loss, it could be maintenance, it could be body recomposition. And we thought we'd just talk about why your nutrition, you should have cycles, I guess, or phases for your nutrition, depending on your goals and, you know, when they would be appropriate and I guess how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So yep. where should we start? Well, where do you think is the best place to start with this topic? Well, firstly, uh, the reason that I put the phases in the app um, and and it's right at the top of the, um, uh, like at the dashboard there so you can see what your current macros are and calories and what your step target is and stuff. And, and the phase is put there to uh, basically yeah. remind uh, people <laughs> what their focus is at this time. So, for example, um, you know, I had a client who's going through a bit of a uh, – uh, you know, a muscle building phase. And, you know, even though it's sort of explained, you know, at this time, I'm like, you're not going to look like that leaner version of yourself because we need to be in a caloric surplus and you need to be, you know, kind of, you know, weight needs to be sort of slowly going up so we can make sure that there's quality tissue going on. You're spending most of your time in more of an anabolic environment, which is conducive to what we need. So that just means you're not going to look as lean or you know what you did when you were in a fat loss phase or certainly towards the end of a fat loss phase and often i get this it's just like oh you know like i'm getting really strong in the gym and whatever but you know like i'm i'm, I'm starting to feel a bit fluffy you know and i don't like that you know i can i can feel like I'm, I'm just getting a bit fluffy around the hips and stuff you know like and i'm like yeah and it's sort of like, I'm like well i don't really i don't really want that you know i don't really look and i'm like but we already have been through this we discussed that at the end of your fat loss phase, what did you want to do? Oh, I want to have bigger shoulders. I want to have a bigger bum and I want to have the, I'm like, okay, cool. So what you're asking is physique development, which means more muscle. In order for you to grow more muscle, you need to be in a caloric surplus, 
which means you are going to have to put on a little bit of body fat in order for that to happen. Now, this is would you would you say though, in. Craig? It would depend on how lean the person is because you don't have to obviously yes. put on a lot of body fat this is to, to be muscle. You can have lean no. gains, right? You can. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of, you know, generally it depends on the person and context is very important here. But, you know, this person, I'm sort of like, look, if we're, if we're gaining anywhere between 1% to 1.5% of our body weight per month, you know, mm-hmm. so that might be like 200 grams. It's not a lot. That's not a lot. Bugger all, yeah. right? But yeah. you only need, and, and you know, again, it looks at this person and, 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 you know, it's very specific to this individual and their, how many days they're training and what steps are, all that sort of stuff. But it's like, we we just want to make sure that any weight that's going on is going to be quality. You know, there needs to be a little bit of fat gain, like that's just comes with the territory. But if we go too hard, too much, you know, too much of a caloric surplus, yeah, you're going to put on excess body weight. And you can, and we all know you can only grow muscle so quickly. So therefore any extra weight that's going on is going to be body fat. So we want to limit that, right? So we just, we need to be a bit strategic in how we do that. So generally what we sort of do is, in this particular case with this person, we kind of go, okay, you're currently sitting, let's, I can't remember the details, but we'll just use these arbitrary numbers. They're sitting at 20% body fat. We go, okay, that was, they were happy with that. That's where they're at. Okay, cool. So we start reversing up. And generally what I would say is about four to 5% body fat gain over time, right? So we go, we keep pushing up, we keep pushing the food up, keep training. We really focus on those training performances. And once you get up to about 25% body fat, we can then go, okay, we now need to do either a bit of a mini cut or do a little bit of a dieting phase to kind of wash all that off. And then we would then transition back into a muscle gain phase. So we can extend this over about a 12 month period, because the reality is muscle just takes so much longer to build. So you need more time, but the longer you spend in it, the potential is of fat going on too much. So therefore we need to put a cap on it and we use these phases to go, okay, we're muscle building to this point. And then at this point, we're then going to, you know, change the phase and get you focusing on a mini cut. We're going to die down. And then. And could you obviously eat in less of a calorie surplus and gain less body fat? Obviously. Yeah. 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 So it's, but I mean, there must be like an ideal range. Cause like you said, you can only build so much muscle. So you probably like, I can imagine you only want to eat five to ten percent above maintenance calories if you're doing a five a ten. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So then yep. that's not that's not a lot. That's it's, not, it's a, lot. not so a lot. You can. So if you're, but, if you're, but again, this is this is it, it can it just varies from person to person. Obviously, it does depend on um, how much muscle, and it also depends on you know the sort of training volume. You know, like if they can handle doing more because they're eating more and they've got the time to commit to it, then obviously you can be a little bit more aggressive with how many more calories you give the person. Um, I guess it'd be a test and measure process, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You check in every week. If your weight's yeah. going up too quickly, it's like, well, hang on, what the hell's going on? Oh, I went out Sunday night and ate my face <laughs> off. And I was like, okay. and if your measurements are going up around your stomach and yeah, you know, if, if can... they're just going up too quickly, then you yeah. know that's what we just go. Okay, we just need to pull back, you know. And it's yeah. it's, it's very much a reactive process, um, but it's very easy to to pull it back if you're doing it every week. So. And so now, just in terms of time frame, because I feel like I hear this often from you, just with clients that you're talking to that women are like, like muscle gain, building muscle takes time. Like it's a yes. very long time to build muscle. So you mentioned they're 12 months. Mm-hmm. So you got it. You, if you really commit to this muscle building phase, 12 months, would you yes. say yes. if you, if you're sm- small and you're. Yeah. So if you, if you're yeah. at, you know, at a, at a body fat level, that's healthy, right. And you don't need to focus on getting into a healthy body fat range first. Um, then, yeah. Then at that point, depending on your training age, you know, like if, if you're someone who has been training a little bit longer, then yeah, like, you know, when you're new to lifting, you know, muscle gains come pretty quickly. Yeah. 
right? But again, it just depends on the person, how hard they train, how well they can kind of pick it up. And mm. then, you know, it's just one of those things that will just kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, this is just getting harder and harder. And I was like, well, you're, you're just becoming a little bit more advanced. So therefore the time frames just need to kind of extend out relative to that. Um, so yeah, you know, when we turn about like legitimate muscle gain, like, like, like really like, wow, that her ass has gotten really round now and her shoulders look much bigger in her back and her legs. It's just like, she looks like a real athlete. It's like, you know, that, that kind of physique development takes 12 months where it's legitimate change. You, I mean, you will see stuff over a 16 week period, you know, absolutely. But to see the real noticeable changes where if someone hadn't seen you for quite some time, they'd be like, Whoa, what is going on here? Do you look way different? And that's obviously going to be a combination of muscle gain and just improved body composition overall, you know, obviously, um, you know, being a, a bit lower body fat as well. So, so again, we, yeah. So when ahead. would that, what sort of person would that be appropriate for a muscle gain phase? Like, what are you looking at? Yeah. So generally, um, depending on the height of the person, you, you generally, we want the, the healthy body fat range. We always tell people is between 25 and 30%, right? And I think that's just a, a healthy kind of happy range where most people are going to look pretty good. And they're going to feel pretty good and they're going to be. I think obviously you can be under that. Like we've got clients that are under 25% body fat, but they're the more athletes. They're the ones that are very dedicated to their training. Well, that's why I said like. Yeah. Just uh, for general population. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Like the people who are a bit more serious, then yeah, yeah. sort of down to 20%. I've got some clients that sit around sort of 18, 19%, you know, quite well. And, but they're just a, a bit more dedicated to it. You know, they're just doing a lot of the little things better. You know, they don't. They don't go out and they don't have a drink or they don't go they out track and their food they, really very, very really yeah, very, they just, yeah they just do all that stuff that allows them to kind of be there pretty easily so you know uh, once they're in that stage then they're, they're generally pretty lean they, they look pretty good and really if the they've only, got muscle well if they've yeah. got muscle and even if yeah. they don't have muscle the only way they're really going to look even better is to actually put on more muscle, right? <laughs> so then they, they need to go into a caloric surplus. They need to go into more of a focused muscle building stage and they need to accept that, you know, they're not going to look as good, you know, when they're sitting at, you know, 23 or 24% as they did when they're at 18%. Should and you know, maybe to like another example of a client, I think like, and this was probably me, yeah. is women that come to you that are really under eating and yes. exercising a lot. Yep. And they don't have a lot of muscle. Yes. So they actually gain weight. They, yep. So they go through this muscle building phase, but they gain weight yep. as well as muscle. So, yeah. but then they're looking much better because yeah. they've gained muscle. And I think for them, it's like initially I was a bit like, oh, this is fucked. The scales is going up. But then I was like, oh, whatever. Like I'm getting really strong and I'm looking more muscly and I just didn't give a shit then. Yeah. So I think for some of these women who, you know, like, you know, like we have women join and, we know that they've genuinely been in 1200 calories. They're like 55 kilos and they've yeah, got all of the, all of these issues. So no. they have to, you know, eating in a calorie surplus, getting more nutrients in, they tend to often have, I think a lot of issues as well, like cycle yeah. issues, low energy, hair falling out. Yeah. And they, you know, I've seen you do it with them too. Like you gradually increase the calories, they train, they put on muscle, they get more nutrients in and their yeah. cycles get better. Yeah. They gain weight, but they're gaining muscle as well as some body fat. Yep. So I, I think it's a, from that um, perspective, it's important to kind of understand that the, you, you've got kind of two categories there. You've got like a low energy flux state. So it's like you're eating low, low calories, but it also means you're so metabolically adapted that your ability to train 
not even that hard, but be able to do the relative amount of volume to really make changes is just going to be pretty useless. Mm. And your also activity is probably not as intense as you think it is. When people are like, oh, I run every day and I do all this sort of stuff. That's what keeps me so small. And it's just like, yeah, but it's not really at a capacity that's going to see any more improvement. You are where you are because of a reflection of what you do. Mm. Then you got the people who, you know, and, and in some cases, these people who can kind of go through it where we, we try and move them into more of a high energy plug state, which is high calories coming in, but also a high output and a high turnover as well. All right. So what that means is their training intensity goes up, their training volume goes up, their training recovery improves their ability. Like it's just, it's like when you're in that low flux state, your body has those inherent kind of uh, mechanisms to just kind of conserve energy. So you'll just naturally do things like, I'm going to take the elevator and take instead of taking the, the stairs. I'm like, it's one floor. It will, you'll wait two minutes for the elevator to come down. You would already be there if you, but that's just what you do. It's like, oh, yeah, I, was just like, I, I just don't have the energy to do it. And like, that's how people generally like, they just move less and they just, and that's what metabolic adaption is, is your body's survival mechanism to conserve energy. So it just down regulates everything. So you just stop doing much. Right. But if you can get into a state where you're in high energy sort of turnover, you'll just naturally want to do more stuff. Like your training will be so much better. Your recovery will be so much better. And I, the, these people I'm like, all right, we're going to do 10,000 steps. And then they're, they're checking in an average. And I'm like, and you're averaging like 13,000 steps. It's like, yeah, I just feel like doing stuff. You know, I'm also doing a bike ride now and I'm also doing, you know, uh, you know, take my dogs down to the beach and stuff like, oh, you know, whatever it is. It's like, they just become more active because they just feel so much better and they're, 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 they're and all of those symptoms that they were having, all those metabolic symptoms start to improve because all of a sudden they're eating all this food. They've got more nutrient turnover, especially if they, they're making appropriate food choices all of those things just improve because they've got the fuel there to do it and the nutrients to actually improve all of these things. And then as a result, their body just starts to change more positively because they've got the energy to put more effort into their training and then they can handle a little bit more volume and their recovery is better. Trying to move someone from a low energy flux state, low calories, low output into a high energy flux state can be a little bit daunting for people because they're just like, there's just no way I could eat that much food. Oh man, there's no way I could do that much training, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Like what you're doing now is not working, right? You're stuck in this perpetual loop of like, you know, I wouldn't say like pain and suffering, but I'm like, you, you sleep's crap and you, you, your digestion's poor and you, you don't look the way you want to look and you're constantly exhausted all the time. It's just all these things that would just simply be improved. Like we need a strategy in place for sure. And we need to titrate up those calories appropriately week to week, depending on how you're changing. But we also need to see that in context with, What's happening with your training? How are you improving your training? How's the effort going? What's the execution looking like? Like there's all these factors that kind of come into it. And then we look at some of those lifestyle things like how's your sleep improving? What time are you going to bed at night? You know, are you getting more specific with your, your meal planning? You know, are you eating these foods? You know, like it's all a process, but it just simply has to be measured on a week to week basis and like implementing those steps that's going to transition you into that athlete, optimal metabolism, feeling the best you can, type version of yourself so okay cool all right so let's let's talk about the fat loss fat yes. loss phase and mini cuts and the difference between those and when they're appropriate for people yeah okay so so a fat loss phase or a, con a conventional fat loss phase is just generally where we look at losing anywhere between 0.5 and 1 percent of our body weight per week 
Um, obviously, you need to be in a calorie deficit. That calorie def- deficit will be relative to the person and where they're starting from and uh, you know what, what their, their output is like. Um, and generally, we would kind of run that anywhere between 12 to 16 weeks. And then we would then go back up to maintenance calories for a two to four week period and then assess how the person's feeling and, you know, the psychology, whether they can do another round if they've got more to lose, et cetera. So we want to have it in phases where we do a 12 to 16 week block, a four week, two to four week maintenance phase, reassess, and then you basically could just repeat that process until you end up getting to your ideal goal body weight. And I think it's important to do that because generally we see uh, anywhere between that 12 to 16 week part is where we generally see a bit of diet fatigue. People are like, oh, I'm starting to get more cravings. You know, I just want to go out and have a meal of plan, you know, like a family, blah, blah. And they, they, they just start to feel like they, they need something. So it's just like, at that point, we generally would just want to end the diet, put them back up to maintenance calories and allow them to have um, a bit more food to eat. And, uh, and, you know, generally I'm just kind of asking those questions, like how are you feeling now after a week of eating a bit more food, et cetera. And that allows me to ultimately assess, you know, if we need to extend the maintenance phase a little bit longer, you know, or, uh, you know, and then when we could do it again and you kind of reassess with them, their goals. I'm like, do you still like, remember our goal was to get you from here down to here. We've still probably got another 10 to 15 pounds to go. Like, is this something that we can do? So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a balancing act depending on the person, how they're going. And, you know, I generally try to ask people, I'm like, look, what have you got going on for the next couple of months? Are you going overseas on holidays or anything like that? Because that's, probably not the best time to be doing those sort of things. So those questions sort of need to be asked. Um, and that's just generally how we do it. Um, in terms of a mini cut, a mini cut's more- well, Hang on, just go back. Just one more question about the fat loss. No, what typically, <laughs> no, but this is, I know people will think this, fat loss, you know, so I think when women, but when they come to us, when they've done fat loss or weight loss, they just drastically cut their calories. So yes. like they go and eat 1200 calories. I don't even know why this is the number that I used to do as well. But yeah. so typically, you know, I always hear you say that you start with the deficit, you do 10 to 15% of their maintenance calories. So how, if you were trying to figure out your maintenance calories, would you figure that out? Well, the, the way we do it is like- we Obviously we've got our process, but if someone yes. was just trying to figure out their own maintenance calories, how would they do it? Excuse me. Yeah. So basically you would just set the amount of calories, your protein, carbs, and fats, and you would track it every day uh, for a two-week period. You would track your body weight every day. And then at the end of seven days, work out what week one's weekly average is. So that's you wake up in the morning, go to the bathroom before you eat or drink anything, step on the scales, write down the number, repeat that process for seven days. And at the end of that seven days, add up all of the weights for those days, divided by seven, that gives you your weekly average. You would then go and repeat it for week two. And then you would see what the difference is between week one and week two. And you would just go, okay, in week two, did my weight go up? Did it go down or did it stay the same? If it stays the same, then you know that you're at maintenance. If it goes up, you kind of go, well, by how much did it go up? I went up by like 400 grams. Okay. And look, there's no real real deal here, but maybe you would take another 10% of your calories off to create that deficit. Or if your weight actually went down, how much did it go down by? Oh, it went down by like a kilo. Okay, that's too much. You know, if your body weight's only like less than 80 kilos, probably add a little bit more food back in, maybe maybe add 5% calories back in or something like that. So Sorry. really people just do, too, do it too drastic, I think, and they're not consistent. Yeah, like they once do. they actually eat consistently, 
Yeah, well, they do it too drastically. And there's sometimes there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with doing like in a really aggressive cut. The problem is, is that people don't know what to do after they've done it. But would you also say to like someone, a mini cut, you're going to talk about that, that that's only appropriate for a certain type of person. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, someone who's gone through a dieting process before has some muscle, knows how to track their food and already has the good foundation appropriate yeah lifestyle mm. and behaviors set up and their food association is good and their and their health know, markers are good yeah yeah and, their biofeedback you know if they want to they want to do a fat loss phase and they want to get there a bit bit quicker then yeah you can kind of go you know generally i, I put a uh you know midi cut is kind of like around sort of 30 33 percent below maintenance calories so it's really aggressive but the the thing is with mini cuts you do them for a two to four week period you know, and then you go back to maintenance and look in a lot of ways, a mini cut is more, is more specific to someone who wants to extend a muscle gain phase. So as I was, I was sort of saying earlier in the podcast is you may, you might, the person might be 20% mm. and you're going to allow that buffer up to 25%. So a, a 5% increase in body fat gain while you're in the caloric surplus to, to be, you know, putting you in the state where you're putting on as much muscle tissue as you possibly can mm. once you get to 25 percent, then you would do an aggressive mini cut for a two to four week period wash off you know some of that excess body fat that you've got you then drop back down to you know 20 21 percent or something like that maybe even a little bit lower and then you would go back up into the surplus of uh calories again and then you would continue that muscle gain until you went back to 25%. And hopefully the next time you, you, you get back to 25%, you've also increased a lot of your lifts and you've actually gotten stronger as well. So you would do muscle gain until you get to a certain point, aggressive mini cut to wash the fat off, muscle gain up to that same point again, aggressive mini cut to wash it off, muscle gain up to another point. And then once you actually get there, you can go, okay, yep, I'm really happy with this. Then you might do a slower conventional diet to get you down to somewhere like maybe 16 or 17%, if that's something that you wanted to go to, you would do that a little bit more gradually. Um, and then that way you can kind of slowly reverse diet out of that to get you to maybe 18 or 19% where you actually look leaner because you've got more muscle because you spent those phases of muscle gain, mini cut, muscle gain, mini cut, et cetera. So I think having those strategies in place that you do over a 12 month period really allows the most focus because you're like all right i'm in this phase and i'm doing this until this point and then we're going to switch it and do this until this point and i think if people have that kind of structure in place they just like this is where my focus needs to be mm. and this is this is the outcome that i'm going anything else that happens out of that shouldn't be shouldn't be happening because this is what i'm doing right now and then mm. when i get to the next phase this is the, the point of this particular phase this is the focus um, I think and, ultimately too, you want to get to the point where you're spending most of your time either maintaining or muscle building. Really, you don't want to be dieting all the time, constantly no, bloody dieting. No, I, I think uh, you know, for most people, I think if you depend if you're starting, you know, from it, like like for example, like I spent a lot of part last year getting down. I got get down super lean, you know, in February this year quite lean and then so now i'm in a muscle gain phase i'm building my food back up and i'm going to be literally repeating that same process so my goal my, my process is as a 12 month focus mm -hmm. and i've already got it mapped out I'm, I'm going to be continuing to push until i basically get up to about 13 percent 
body fat and then I'm going to cut back down to about nine and then I'll push it back up to 13. I'm just going to continue to spend time in those two phases mm-hmm. until, you know, um, I can kind of get to the end and assess my physique and go, yeah, you know, how am I looking? Do I want to continue to, to build on this? You know, where, where am I at? But I think that it makes the most sense once you get down and have that kind of blank canvas to work with like you're in a healthy body fat range or if you're an athlete you're down kind of closer to like around the 20 percent. you know as a female i think is good and then yeah then you shouldn't really need to do any real big diet phases you know like if you do it properly you can do a muscle gain for as long as you can but you cap it at a certain point and then you do a little bit of aggressive dieting just to wash off that body fat and then you push it up and then maybe once you get to that point you can then find that happy maintenance calories where you can just sit and you can then kind of take your foot off. You don't need to be so rigid with your tracking. You can kind of just train as you want to train because you've already built the physique and being able to maintain it at the point is much, much easier than what it takes to actually build. So what about, what about body recomposition? And from what I'm hearing, what you've said so far, that obviously to build muscle, you need to eat in a calorie surplus. Obviously all of this whole Every phase, we always lift weights. Yes. <laughs> There's always strength training. Yes. But to grow strength muscle, you need a calorie surplus. To When you're in a deficit, you're obviously trying to maintain as much muscle as you can. But yep. sometimes I've heard you talk about for new lifters that they can, you know, I've seen this in our program, that they've built muscle while losing body fat. Yep. So when, when can you do that? Well, usually. It's not really something that I generally aim for. It's something that kind of happens as a result of that particular person, like you're coaching them and sort of going, okay, like here's the program, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get an understanding of what they've been doing previously. And so it's like, here's the new program. It's adding in maybe a little bit more volume, adding in some new exercises, changing the structure around. Now I'm seeing videos of their execution. We're improving the execution to get it to the point where they're targeting the tissue and really stimulating it to a, to a better degree. And then we're, we're really forcing like a higher amount of effort and we're understanding how to get our breathing better to, you know, brace better to be stronger out of the hole for, you know, hack squats or leg presses or squats or whatever it is, deadlifts. And that extends the set, allows them to get more reps, which makes the, 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 the intensity per set more hard sets being done. And uh, then we're, we're, you know, we're, we're obviously tailing their nutrition a little bit more and trying to find any gaps that's uh, lacking in terms of nutrient density and, and putting those in and then looking at some of their lifestyle habits. It's like, what time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? You know, like all of these things that are all conducive to having this really positive effect on uh, building muscle and, you know, recovering from your workouts, doing all those sort of things that, even though that uh, your person might technically be in a deficit, if they're a relatively new lifter and you've made all of these changes with their training structure and their execution, their effort, et cetera, and they're progressively overloading a little bit more appropriately, then you'll see muscle gain happen concurrently as the weight's coming down, which is awesome, right? And that happens always, always with novice lifters, but even like early intermediate lifters people who might be training legitimately for like a couple of years it will definitely happen at a lot of that time it's just because what we're doing now was just better than what they were doing previously right mm. it's just we're ticking all of the boxes just to make it better and if they continue with those boxes they can continue to recomp for quite a considerable amount of time but eventually they will get to a point where 
they're like, my strength's going up and now it's sort of starting to taper off and I'm starving all the time. We keep adding more food in, the weights mm. continue to go up. We add more food in, the weights continue to go up. We add more food in, but then over that time, you look at their body weight and it really hasn't changed all that much because they're in such a state where their body was like, we just need more food if you want us to continue to build. And because they're doing all of those other things really, really well, their body just goes, yep, just keep giving me this food and I'll keep utilizing it. I'll keep putting it in the, in the muscles and keep this anabolic environment going. You know, I'm utilizing it everywhere for everything that we're doing throughout our day. So I don't need to store any of this fat and you just keep doing it. And we've had clients where I've literally only increased their food. <laughs> I've never actually taken food off them because yeah. they were doing all of these things so well. Um, and, and, you know, that doesn't, ha- doesn't happen all that often, but it, it, mm. it definitely does happen, but it just, it requires to get uh, a number of those things, right? And then at a certain point where it'll just basically stop, that's when you have to just go and go, okay, what's the focus? Is it about more muscle gain or is it about being leaner? Because you mm. can't at now where you're at, you've, you've, you've run out of runway now with this approach, right? If you try to continue to recomp, you just won't get anywhere. You'll just mm. be spinning the tires. Mm. So you have to be more aggressive with your calories, push your body weight up. So your strength continues to rise or we have to pull the calories down to get the body fat off and be able to just maintain where our current strength is across the board for all of our list and just maintain those. We're not trying to actively focus on getting stronger and building more muscle now because we're in a caloric deficit. And that's at this point of your training age is not going to help you uh, or you're not going to be able to build muscle basically. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, that's when that would happen. Oh, it's really it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, so. Obviously, it's it, it really is depends on where you're at and where you're starting at as to what where you should your focus should be. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And how you react. I mean, this is why it's so important to check in and do your check in uh, every week. So it's just like you can see the trends and how things are happening because it's it's you know I think sometimes people can get so stuck on what happens in one week and most of the time I could give two shits what happens in one week I really need to see what happens over a a multiple amount of weeks because that that shows me the greater picture of your habits your lifestyles uh you know what you're doing with your food how your training is improving how your recovery is going you know are you training like it, it it paints such a greater picture to really understand okay now this is the most appropriate change that we need to make or not change anything i think that's also really important too you, you, for people to understand that you know sometimes it's just it's just a patience it's just yeah it's just going to take time like we don't need to actually change anything you know and they think they're like you know do, do i need to make an adjustment and i'm like well when we look at all the things that actually matter that are conducive to you getting the result they're all moving in the direction that we want at a rate that is acceptable so sorry to burst your bubble, but we don't actually don't need to do anything. <laughs> You're doing such a great job now that we just, do we just basically you keep checking in every week and basically once it stops, then we reassess. Yeah. Actually one, there's one more too that we've not talked about uh, like optimized metabolism. I'm just trying to think of an example of a client that's come in um, a lady, you know, she had uh, Hashimoto's. So like super stressed. Yep. And I just know that the coach actually for the first, you know, I think it was, couple of months just they just ate at maintenance yep. and and so she maintained her body weight so that she could get the energy and nutrients into and you know lower stress it yep. started Im- implementing some walking 
very gentle strength training. Yep. And then once her symptoms improved, that's when they actually started the fat loss phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really appropriate. And that's obviously very context is important and it's very individualistic and the person needs to make sure they're right in the headspace that when they come in to doing coaching, they're like, I'm all kinds of fucked up, but I want to lose 10 kilos. It's like, okay, well, let's understand what all kinds of fucked up actually means. I'm not sleeping through the night. I'm doing all this and whatever. And it's just like you ask, then it, then it's more about just the fundamentals. I'm like, okay, are you doing food prep? You track your food. Yeah, what are the foods that you're actually eating? You're eating, eating regular you meals, food, getting you know, sun. All, yeah. And a lot of the time, yeah. you know, that, that first month or two will just be literally establishing better habits. Yeah. It's, and sometimes that can be a little bit of a tough sell for people because they're like, yeah, but I really want to get what this results. Off. And yeah. I'm like, but this is what's going to lead to those results, right? The, 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 stop focusing on this endpoint, this thing that you can't ascertain and realize the things that you are missing are these habits. Improve these habits and then eventually you'll be in the right place to then start actually seeing that objective number, which is your weight on the scales or girth measurements, whatever, start to improve. But those those things happen as a result of what you're doing. Yeah. Right? But if you right now aren't sleeping through the night and you're digestive brain, you're super stressed and whatever, you know, adding in more training or potentially putting you in a calorie deficit is only going to put more stress on you. So it's just like, let's just focus on trying to improve this right now. And, and then sometimes people will say, but this is my life. This is the job that I do and whatever, you know, it's not going to change anytime soon. I'm like, okay, cool. So how far are you prepared to go with this? Because we can, we can, well, I would always ask the question and sort of say, well, you're not actually just planning your food or doing any of the basic stuff well. So we've got to establish that regardless because I don't give a shit who you are. If you're not, if you, if you fail a plan, you plan to fail. Mm. You've got to put those things in place for anything to work. And then once they're in place, then we can go, okay, let's be a little bit more conservative with a fat loss phase. Let's just try and maybe keeping calories a little bit higher, but let's just try and increase your output. Let's try and get a few more steps in per day. Maybe we can add in a little bit more training volume. Maybe we could go to doing like a, like a five day a week or a six day a week training plan, mm. but they're only like 20 to half an hour sessions because that just gets you doing something every day and that helps to establish a bit more of a routine and a bit of a groove. Sometimes that can be appropriate for some people. For a lot of people, that's really not appropriate. So again, context is important. So yeah, it just... Uh, <laughs> it's hard. I think, you know, people like, you know, it's it, you can't put every little nuanced thing in the post on Instagram. Like people take things as black and white. Yes. And it is so much like there's general, I think, overarching principles that we all follow. Yep. But it, the, the actually what the person needs to do, it's like when people message and they want advice, it's like it's impossible to give you advice without actually looking at your data yeah. and where you've come from and, you know, like what you're actually doing now. So I think that's where the value of coaching comes in. And I always think, obviously I'm biased because I think our program's amazing, but, you know, I've always wanted to invest in coaching because I think you're learning the tools. This is not just about, you know, like you're doing a challenge for eight weeks and we're going to flog the fuck out of you and get you your result. It's about actually teaching you how you get the result you want in a healthy and sustainable way and giving you the tools and knowledge so that you can go on and sustain it. So I always say to clients when I'm talking, I'm like, well, I just do the shit that you, that I tell you to do. So I still I train four, four days a week. I prep my food, you know, I prioritize my sleep. I get sun. I walk every day. If you can, you do these things. But once we obviously teach you about the macros and the calories and the foods, 
that you want to include in your diet for, you know, to get the nutrients that you need. It's not about just eating these foods, but, you know, 80%, 90%, then you'll have everything you need to know how to actually achieve the body that you want and good health and sustain it for life. So I think, what is that worth to you? Like add up all the money that you've spent over the ten, last 10, 20 years on all these dog shit programs. I've, I've, done, I've done the same thing. And you get nowhere and you waste all your energy and time. Whereas you could just invest in coaching, really invest in the process and learn and have the skills for life. So, you know, and again, it's individualized and customized. Um, yeah, you just got to imagine being free for the rest of your life and being happy in your body and your skin and, you know, having no knowing what to do, um, which is yeah. awesome. So yeah. I hope that helped guys because I had a few questions about this and so did Craig. So I thought we'll just record a podcast. Um, as always, uh, give us a rating and review. So if you've rated and reviewed the podcast before, you can do it for every single episode um, and for extra brownie points and your chance to win um, a tub of uh, saturated premium collagen. Just take a screenshot of the episode after you've reviewed it and share your biggest takeaways on, on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D. Um, and then, yeah, I just select someone who shared each month and they get a tub of premium collagen. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks for coming on, Coach Craig McDonald, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.